This week on Today in Space, we're going to give a little bit of a space update. We'll tell you some interesting launches that are happening here in February as we start the month. A lot to talk about. And then we're going to have another episode of The Human Factor, where we talk about life and being a human being, because that's the reality. And we're going to talk about the true human factor of learning about who you are and how that just sets you up for living a life that going to be more happy with, and you're probably going to be a little bit more successful. So I'm going to talk about that, my journey with that, and just the human factor, folks. That's it. Welcome to Today in Space. Let's get started. All right, folks, so for space, what are we talking about? We're recording this on the night of February 6th, Thursday, February 8th. We've got the Falcon 9 Block 5, the PACE mission for NASA. That's going to be a late launch, so Wednesday night, basically, into February 8th on Thursday, 1.33 a.m. That was pushed because of weather, uh, and the Axiom 3 launch was also, uh, return, I should say, from the International Space Station, was also delayed because of the weather in Florida. So we'll see if that stays on pace for the Falcon 9 mission. Ugh. Again, another, I I just had to make that pun, and now I feel sick to my stomach. Okay, anyways, a quick overview here from pace.oceansciences.org, which is the website where this mission is going to be sharing all of its stuff. The mission is building on lessons learned from previous ocean color studies. A team of dedicated people is bringing PACE to life. PACE will face a series of important milestones during its mission development. The primary science instrument planned for PACE is the ocean color instrument, which is capable of measuring the color of the ocean from ultraviolet to shortwave infrared. It's also going to have two polarimeters, and these are going to be used to measure how the oscillation of sunlight with a geometric plane known as polarization, you know, we got this polar polarized glasses, is changed by passing through clouds, aerosols, and the oceans. And then there's the spectropolarimeter for planetary exploration, SPECS-1, and the hyperangular research polarimeter, HARP-2. And basically, this is going to provide some more spectral and angular sampling polarimetric, ooh, that's a weird word, accuracy, and spatial coverage. And both of those payloads, SPECS-1, OCI, and HARP-2, are going to be looking at making breakthroughs in aerosol, cloud, ocean, the water cycle research. So look out for that one, especially folks who care about the climate. This is going to be a really important tool for understanding Earth and how things are changing over time. Valentine's Day, we've got a Falcon 9 launch. We've also got a launch in Japan at Tanagashima Space Center. India will have a launch, the ISRO, February 17th, no earlier than. And of course, multiple Falcon 9 launches. Two potential launches from New Zealand with Rocket Lab. Some point here in February. We've been watching a lot of their recovery operations, you know, getting that rocket to land in the water and then driving a boat up next to it and picking it up. It's a cool site. They've done it a bunch of times, and it looks like their like materials technology around the reusability of the rocket, getting it out of the water, cleaning it up, getting the salt off, recovering any of the stuff they need to. They're getting better and better at the rocket, needing less and less each time they recover it. So it's exciting to see a different way of reusing rockets from Rocket Lab. And then, of course, some point in February, if things continue to work out, 
we know there's a lot of Elon drama going on right now, but Starship and its in-flight suborbital test, number three, IFT-3, who knows what they're going to call it this time, it's now IFT, but regardless, the third flight potentially here in February, we don't know when, but look out for that, follow Today in Space on TikTok, Today in Space Pod on Instagram, and Twitter, we're posting about this stuff, we're sharing, we're keeping you up to date on what's going on in the industry, and any kind of new launches, new technology, new things in space. We're here to keep you up to date and to talk about it. And that's what to look forward to from launches into space in you know the coming month here, the next few weeks. If there's anything you guys want us to cover or talk about it, and I mean anything, all things space-related, hit us up on social media, email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. We'll take your questions, we'll read them here on the show, and we'll do our best to answer them. That's what we're here for. We're here to make stuff that's fascinating and cool in space and talk to some really interesting people, but also to bring space content that you're looking for that you're not seeing anywhere else. So let us know. And without further ado, folks, that's our space update for the beginning of February here. Let's dive in to the human factor. All right, folks, let's take a break to talk about your brain, all right, and focus, because I think the world is so crazy right now. There's so much going on and so much that you feel that you've got to keep up with that even the act of just saying, nope, I'm going to sit down and focus Sometimes you're in a place where you just can't do that, or you're, you're not going to get the most, you're not going to optimize that situation. That's where I use Magic Mind. Magic Mind comes in for me as a huge daily regimen. I'm on the 30-day subscription. It's giving me less stress throughout the day, more energy, but it's it, while the name is Magic Mind, there's really, not, not, there's really nothing magic about it. It's a really interesting blend. It's this little elixir of vitamins and a mushroom blend. And it just has so many of these things that you miss out on when you're drinking coffee. For me, coffee's a huge caffeine is what helps the brain fire and the memory stick, you know, and, and it really helps me get in the zone. When you're someone like me and you're working on something after work or it's just been a long day or a long week, we've all got stuff going on and you want to maximize the time you do have, Magic Mind is what does that for us. So if you go to magicmind.com, use code word today in space 20, you get 20% off, and that gets you off a single item, or you can add on and get up to 56% off your first subscription. So the real value is just jumping on that subscription, trying it out. It builds up every day that you use it, and you really get to like a nice zone of repeatable consistency in flow state about like three or four at least that's what it was for me so highly recommend giving it a shot especially if you're spending you know a ton of money on extra coffees after work get a subscription drop 56 percent off use code today in space 20 and you're spending half of what you're spending at least on a cup of coffee and this is helping you supplement your coffee and if if you're really lucky it will uh, help remove caffeine altogether but listen we're not there yet we're supplementing okay but it's a great tool to get your focus going so i highly recommend it magicmind.com slash today in space use the code today in space 20 for 20 percent off any item and then up to 56 percent off your subscription check it out magicmind.com productivity shot and a little magic elixir. And if you don't want just the magic, 
Go to magicmind.com slash science. Learn about what's in there. Check it out. Now back to the episode. All right, folks. The human factor. These are the episodes where we talk about the human side of science and just be, and just literally an understanding and a discussion about the fact that we are all humans. We may have more technology around us, but until we're completely replaced by machinery and technology and artificial intelligence, we are going to have the human factor to deal with. And it's something that we should get good at understanding because that's only going to make us a better human and a better scientist, engineer, maker, son, daughter, family member, friend. Understanding the human factor is so important for us to do all of the other things that we want to do that we don't necessarily consider as human. I've talked about addiction. We've talked about ego and confidence and where's the difference there. But this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about learning who you are and understanding who you are and how important that is into being the human being that you see yourself as being or that you want to be. Um, and again, this is coming at it from, <laughs> I have not been good at this. That's the theme of the human factor. The things I'm not good at that I'm working at or the things that I figured out that now has become a strength. That That's the human factor. And so I'm going to share my story about it. You're going to learn a little bit about me. But we're also going to talk generally about a really complicated topic and try to root it down to its basic parts. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories on maybe how you learned more about yourself and how that changed your life or, or even just like how you describe yourself to somebody else really is like a good first step at understanding at how you see yourself and, and how you know yourself. So if we go to my notes here, there's like a few questions that we're going to ask here to kind of guide us through this conversation. Who are you? How do you learn? Why do you want to do whatever it is that you're doing? Why is it important to you? And then asking, are you aligned in all of that stuff? Like, are, is what you're doing in your day job, in, in what you spend most of your time, is that paying tribute to who you are as a person? And I think this is a challenge we're experiencing right in today's world where things are too expensive, people are making giant career changes post-pandemic, after they probably had to make a huge change not in their choice during the pandemic. And we've also got AI replacing tons of jobs. Uh, right now, there's the story with UPS where apparently there are a bunch of white-collar jobs that are being lost because it's all going to AI and writing that stuff. Where do we go from here? Where does humanity find themselves if we're trying to figure out how you find purpose and make a living in a world where AI is going to start taking these jobs and doing these simple tasks. And for us, it, it becomes a human factor. It becomes about knowing who you are and then finding something that fits your strengths, but also something that you can find uh, fulfillment and purpose because you understand what gets you there, what, what makes you feel that way, and what kind of things you can do to the world around us that's going to allow you to do that. So that's what this whole purpose of knowing who you are, but also just so that way you're not getting caught up in the consensus of the internet, which is, well, a thousand people like this, so it must be true. 
in this case, we're talking about a super focused, what is good for you? That's what we're talking about here on this episode. So I'm going to go through those questions, answer them myself, and then I want you to answer them too. All right, a little bit of homework. I know, I know. Look, it's all, it's all for the human factor, all right? So let's dive in. So when you're talking about the first question, like who are you? Big, deep question. Philosophical question. Not something that everyone's going to be able to answer every single time. But what are you doing for, like what, what got you excited growing up? Right? What were the things we, we, we talk on the people of science episodes where we interview people working in the industry and working in some fashion that relates to STEM, whether it's directly like a science or technology field or math field, or it's you have a marketing company that helps engineering companies. There's so many different ways to go about it. You're the barista at Boca Chica, Texas at Starbase whatever, and you're, you're giving coffee to the smartest people in the world, whatever it is that you're doing, like, does that line up with what you want to do? And I know there's a lot of people who are doing things because they feel they have to, or they feel like they have to prove something to somebody else, or it might just be that it's because that makes you feel good about what people say about you. The question is, is are you doing that for yourself? For instance, my story, I used to tell when people were like, who are you, what do you do? My first thing was always aerospace engineer because I was going to school for that. I was very proud of that. And the fact that I could even go to a school where I could learn something like that and then one day maybe work on the space shuttle. This is not who I actually was. And what I mean by that is originally I went after something that I was really passionate about, which I I did a college aboard survey, you know, back in the day when the early internet, this is pre-2008, right? Uh, maybe 2007, I'm on the internet, I'm doing this college board survey because I got to sign up for, you know, applying to colleges online. And there were two things that came up at the end of that. It was astronautics engineer or an aerospace engineer. And there was a picture of, probably it was probably an F-22. And then there was a picture of the space shuttle. And I was like, you can do that? I want to do that. Like, that would be sick to be like a mechanic working on these things. So I thought, well, okay, I got to be, I got to go for aerospace engineering. Then I started taking some classes. The, The classes that I was super interested in, a lot of the heavy astronautic space science, space engineering stuff, I was really, really interested in. And I found a way to learn the other things that I needed to learn to do, to do the equations, to understand the basics of the math and the assumptions that we're making on Bernoulli equations. And we're, we're crossing off assumptions so we can actually solve <laughs> the damn equation. I did all of that because I was super passionate about aerospace engineering and learning that. But then as I was working in Connecticut at an injection molding shop, Westminster Tool, and, and the Coombs family, I, I had an amazing time doing aerospace R&D and doing stuff that nobody else had ever done in the, in the hopes that we would get a contract and be able to work on this for years. So for me, those classes were like an ends to a mean of getting to the place where I was doing in my day job, you know, as I'm finishing out my degree. Through that job, I'm meeting other aerospace contractors because it's Connecticut, you know, that's, that's Pratt & Whitney, that's that whole area is heavy aerospace, especially helicopters and such. But a lot of aerospace companies, I got to go in as an employee of Westminster Tool 
and it was it was just amazing. I got to speak with higher ups, people I never would have would have talked to if I was in a cubicle. And I saw those cubicles, and I saw what those aerospace engineers were actually doing in their job, and what what their job looked like, not going there on an interview. And I realized I would not like that at all. So I was I was at a loss. I was trying to figure out. Oh my God, the the typical aerospace job that people would want, that people go after. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even stand being in here too long. It just, it felt stifled and it felt, you know, like I just would not like it at all. And then I, I leave Westminster, I go to finish my degree, get that done and start applying. And there's just no jobs. I, I don't have enough experience because I, I haven't, I haven't gotten enough jobs to be like, oh, he knows aerospace as a job besides my R&D stuff, which I really couldn't talk about. But it was also super specific. There weren't engineering jobs where I would be literally manufacturing something. There were engineering jobs where I would be doing kind of a classic engineer role and doing a lot of drawings and paperwork and obviously making sure things are safe and done with the right redundancy through a process. But that's just not me. And that is one of the most important things I learned growing up and, and finding my way in this industry, which I'm still finding my way today. But we have this podcast. We get to talk to people in the industry. I get to talk to people I never would have gotten to talk to if I was in that cubicle, uh, or at least a much smaller pool. Uh, and there probably would have been people I couldn't talk to because of that. Uh, never mind, and this is something that's really big in aerospace, and anything that's got any kind of clearance that it's ta- that's attached to it, you can't talk about a lot of the work that you're doing. And so that's why sometimes it seems like a lot of aerospace uh, marketing stuff is really dry or really basic because they just can't tell you what they're really working on. There's You need to be the one that's in the know. <laughs> so all of those things are what I learned that I didn't like. And and when you're first starting out, trying to figure out who you are, I think most people, unless you're lucky and you find the thing you're passionate about and you go at it with a fury and you've got support around you that are saying, yep, go for it, I think most of us have to keep trying things and figuring out what we don't like to help us zero in on what are the things we really like. Most of the time, I would argue, those things that you like are actually around the things that are your strengths. So for me, my biggest strengths in going to school and, and really being in STEM and learning as an engineer were I was a great communicator. I worked well in teams and in groups. And I was always digging and researching in areas most people weren't looking for different things. So one example I'll give you, we're doing our, so I went to school at WPI, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, on the aerospace degree, well, anyone's degree, you do an IQP, which is like your, it's related around your minor or really any kind of topic. It's not necessarily your major. And you work on this, you get product experience, you get to write a paper, and by the end of it, you've you've got that done. Then the, your, there's your MQP, which is your major qualifying project. I got to work, this is the, one of the coolest things, I got to work on planning a mission on sending a 3U stack CubeSat into space to take solar weather readings and analyze it 
we were going to name it Icarus, which would have been a really bad idea. Uh, so we didn't name it Icarus. <laughs> Don't fly too close to the sun. Um, but I got to work on the structural team. And we were trying to outsource. Again, this is probably 2011, 2012, to give you a, a context of where the industry was. Uh not the the space industry we have today. <laughs> it was it was in you know just as the space shuttle was retired, so space just really wasn't out there. Especially like CubeSat, uh, there there just wasn't a lot of stuff out there. But there was a company, Clyde Space, that we were going to get the solar arrays from, and we wanted um, three two three U wings that would of uh, solar panels that would expand out, so we had enough power for the mission. When I was digging up on YouTube, I found a test inside of the uh, <laughs> inside of the vacuum chamber where they had the spring release for the solar panels, and it, it had much force in the chamber. And I brought this up at one of our team meetings, and the guidance, navigation, and controls team was like, "Oh my God, we've got to figure this out because this would this would roll our." you know, spacecraft, and it would be out of control. We're not bringing up fuel. That's one of the good things about CubeSats is they're very light, they're very cheap, but they usually don't have more than flywheels and ways to, like, rotate themselves. There's no propulsion to really fix something bad that would happen. So that actually helped the team plan for that. It, it opted a conversation to ClydeSpace to see, is that really what's expected? Can you give us more numbers on this? And... So that's one of my greatest skills is looking in the areas where most people aren't looking and just constantly keeping in, keeping in touch with the big picture things of what could stop us from accomplishing our goal and then figuring out ways to work on that. And then getting those teams together, making those bridges of communication available so that the whole team is better equipped to attack the mission. That is my strength. But that is not something that when you're 18 and you're trying to figure out what you want to do, you're not necessarily thinking about that, or at least we're not taught to think about that. And once I got out of that, I need to be an aerospace engineer, or I am an aerospace engineer, as soon as I let that go, that brought me so much growth. This podcast is a huge part of this. This podcast started when basically... That dream had died. There was just nobody who was going to hire me because I didn't have enough experience or I was too experienced. I applied. I, I called up the airport, man. I mean, it wasn't for a lack of trying. It just is what the industry was and where it was. And this podcast was my way to stay up to date. I was going to say relevant, but really it was a resume. It was, it was my way of showcasing what I know about aerospace in the only way that I could, <laughs> which is this podcast. And talked about anything and everything. And it has grown to this thing where if you're still listening, holy crap. I mean, thank you so much. Like, it, it really is amazing what just knowing a little bit more about who you are, it changes your expectations. It, it changes everything about what you are expecting out of your life and just sets you up for something much better and never what you thought in the best of ways. So my biggest thing here for you is think about those questions. If you're thinking about a career change or if, you're, if you don't feel happy about it, really figure out what it is that you love, that you do, that you're great at. Double down on that and 
try it out. Worst case, at least you tried. At least you said, I I wasn't happy. I gave it a shot. Now you can go back to it. Believe me, I've done that. <laughs> I have done that. Uh, you, it, it, you come back with such a better perspective. You're better off than you were before. So the moral of the story is, Learn, how, learn who you are and just take that step. Take that adventure. You're going to come out better on the other side. I, I can guarantee it. So or at the very least, you won't have regret about it. So I know this is sounding very Gary V. I've been listening to him a lot. <laughs> but it, it, I think this is really valuable to hear it from the aerospace side. I don't think you hear that in those conversations very often. But we are humans, engineers, and scientists. We are. So learn about who you are and about what you can do. Have a great week, everybody. Spread love and spread science. We'll see you on the next episode of Today in Space. Be well.